0: Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it! All right, as I begin today, I want to again reference the book, uh, The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. Um, it's one of the best and most balanced books that I've ever read on the subject of the Holy Spirit. And for me, I found that it gave me language to put around beliefs that I already had, because I feel like the book talks about things that I've internally believed, but just didn't have language to put around it. so I would just highly encourage you to pick that up. I've used that for some study material through this series, and there'll be a couple quotes that we reference from the book today as well. Let's, give a, let's do a quick review. Uh, we're in the middle of a series on the Holy Spirit. And we spent the first part of the series talking about who the Holy Spirit is. That he's not just an impersonal force. He's not a power to be obtained, although being filled with the Spirit does bring us power. Jesus referred to him as our helper, our counselor, our advocate, our guide, our truth, etc. He is here to help us. And so last week, we began talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit himself is a gift. Jesus told the disciples to wait for the gift that the Father had promised. And while he is a gift, he also chooses to manifest himself in various ways. And we often refer to these manifestations of the Holy Spirit as gifts. So let's, for context, let's look again at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And for time's sake, we're only going to read seven. We're going to start in verse seven and go through verse 11 instead of the whole passage. It says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines All right, so these gifts or manifestations can be broken down into three categories, and we talked about that last week. They're broken down into what we call the discerning gifts, which is what we talked about last week, the dynamic gifts, some call them power gifts, and the vocal gifts, some call them declarative gifts. Now, last week again, we talked about the discerning gifts. Number one, we talked about a word of wisdom, and we said that's when the Holy Spirit gives you a divine answer or a solution for a particular question or challenge that you're facing. A word of wisdom is different than just being wise. Although we should all strive to be wise in our affairs and the way that we govern our lives, a word of wisdom is different than that. It solves a particular problem or answers a specific question as the Holy Spirit brings that to your knowledge. Then we talked about the discerning of spirits. I'm going to go quickly through this so we can get into some new material. And That's when the Holy Spirit makes a believer aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. And we compare that to what some people would call that gut feeling that we sometimes get when something feels off. Anybody ever felt that before? We call it that Holy Ghost, uh uh-uh. You start to do something and inside it's like, uh, it feels yucky. When you can't quite put your finger on it, but something just doesn't feel right. And then finally, we talked about the word of knowledge, and this is when the Holy Spirit is allowing you to know something specific that you didn't learn by natural means. It's a supernatural transfer of information that you couldn't possibly have known through natural processes. Now, we spent some time looking at scriptural examples of these manifestations of the Spirit, and I also gave you some personal examples, and so today we'll follow a similar format. So this week, we're going to talk about the next three, which is the dynamic gifts or the power gifts. Now, there are three distinct gifts in this grouping, faith, healing, and miracles. And while they are all distinct, they can produce similar results. Healing, miracles, for instance. I mean, when someone is miraculously healed, it's a miracle. So you're like, which gift is that? And I don't want to get hung up on the semantics. I'm just going to do my best to try to bring some clarity around these things. And I told you last week, I don't have it all together. I don't know all the answers. We're figuring it out as we go, so to speak. We're learning together. All right, let's jump in. Now, as I give you these definitions, I want you to think more, think of it more as an explanation rather than a specific definition, which also applies to last week. Those things that I was reading, more of an explanation than a just this is the definition of X, Y, or Z. All right, so the gift of faith, some call it special faith, it's a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation. All right. So this is an impartation of faith that's different than the everyday faith that we're called to exercise in our Christian walk. All right. So as Christ followers, we are saved by grace through. You can help me out. As Christ followers, we're saved by grace through. Right. We receive forgiveness of our sins through. Right. We receive healing by. And I would add to that, we receive healing by grace through faith, just like we receive salvation. We walk by faith, faith and not by sight. All right? Faith is believing something that you don't or can't see. Everything that happens within Christianity is based on faith. But the gift of faith or special faith is a different level of faith than normal operating procedure, so to speak. We've all heard stories, or maybe you've been in a terrifying or traumatic experience, but in the midst of that, there was, a, there was a calm and a knowing that everything was going to be okay. Maybe everyone around you is justifiably falling apart, or maybe you've been one of the ones that are falling apart, and someone else was holding it together. Right There could be this person in the midst of the same situation, two people facing the exact same thing, and one of them is is freaking out, the other one is experiencing great calm and peace. This could be the gift of faith at work in our lives. It's a special confidence in the midst of a specific situation that enables you to remain at rest. Look, there's no question that as Christ followers, we should all be people of peace and people of faith and people of confidence. Jesus commands us not to worry. As the world around us gets darker and more complex, Christ followers should be leading the way with the peace of God in our lives. The price of gas and our anxiety levels should not correlate. As a Christ follower, I place my hope, my faith, and my trust in Jesus. My provision doesn't come through my job, my retirement, my investments, my saving. Because God is called Jehovah Jireh, which means he is my provider. Scripture says that he's more than enough. And David said in Psalm chapter 37 that he'd never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Listen, being a Christ follower doesn't exempt us from $5 or $6 a gallon gas. It doesn't exempt us from rising rent prices. It doesn't exempt us from going through difficult times. But what it does is it allows us to have faith that no matter what we face, it's going to be okay. Why? We just sing about it because if nothing else, this world is not my home. I am just passing through. I don't hear what I'm not saying. Your job is important. Retirement, savings, investments, all that's important. Right? God calls us to be good stewards, but what I'm saying is those things are not our source. God is ultimately our source. He only uses those things. But that little passage, what I'm just talking about, I'm describing everyday faith. That's not special faith. That's that's the baseline. Not worrying, putting off anxiety, that's the starting point. But the gift or the manifestation of faith, that's special faith or confidence for a specific situation. But look, I know I'm generalizing here, and I don't think that the gift of faith is exclusively for traumatic situations. I think that that's, I just think it's probably one of the easiest places to see it manifest. And I think, like Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul had the gift of faith manifest while he was in prison. Let's look at his words that he penned while he was in chains in a first century Philippian jail. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, the second part of the verse, he says, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the, Spirit, uh, of the Spirit of Jesus that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. That's special faith. That's a different level than everyday faith. That's different. All right, let's keep moving. Gifts of healing. These are supernatural endowments of divine health. And I want to refer again back to the book that God I never know never knew in regards to gifts of healing. Pastor Robert Morris says this about what the gift of healing is not. okay? And I, I just love this, so I'm just going to read it to you and put it on the screen. This is not the Holy Spirit depositing a special gifting in special people so they have power to pray for people and see them healed. Whenever I hear someone proclaim they have the gift of healing, it troubles me. It suggests to me a shaky understanding of how the gifts and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit operate. The Lord may indeed use a particular person consistently in the area of healing, but it's the Holy Spirit who owns the gift and distributes it individually moment by moment as He Wills. End quote. This is exactly what we were talking about last week. The gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for us to build platforms, they're for us to build the kingdom. If you don't get anything else out of this series, make sure that you get this. The Holy Spirit always makes much of and points people to Jesus. I mean, that's the entire premise of everyday church, it's what we were built on. I mean, about 10 or so years ago, I just came to the place where I was tired of professional clergy. Right, You have to look a certain way. You have to do things a certain way. You got to act and be a certain way. And I just didn't fit into that box. I was tired of people thinking that they had to seek some kind of outside professional evangelist or special speaker to get a word or healing or a miracle from the Lord. For a while, one of our taglines was everyday people doing extraordinary things because God hasn't reserved these gifts for a select few. Through relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can all learn to recognize His voice and operate in His gifts that He's made available. (laughs) Look, I understand that they don't just come at will, right? It's not some kind of superpower. Paul said that the Holy Spirit distributes them as He wills. But I do know this gifts come. Through relationship, I mean, what people in your life are more likely, most likely, to, likely to give you a gift—birthday, Christmas, Valentine's Day. It's okay to talk back. Who's most likely to give you a gift? Friends, spouses, family members, people you have relationship with. Look, now I understand that anyone could give you any gift at any time, but most of the time. Gifts come from those that we have the closest relationship with. I truly believe that if we will cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we'll see more of His gifts manifesting in our lives. We can't just put our hands up and say, no, I'm not interested in a relationship, and then expect the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. He could move because He can do whatever He wants to, but He's likely not going to. Most of you know I've taken social media off my phone and um, that's why I'm missing your birthdays and all your happy pictures and things. And so sorry if you get offended easily because I didn't love your picture. But about once a week or so I'll get on or I get on my computer or whatever, just kind of catch up on what's going on. Yesterday was one of those days and I came across this video, ironically, by Robert Morris. I guess he's been teaching a similar series at the same time, um, which I I didn't know that. But when I saw this video... And it's kind of a throwback to last week, a word of knowledge. Uh, but I wanted to watch this video just really quickly. And uh, it'll kind of sort of sur- surmise the point that I'm trying to make here in regards to the gifts of the Spirit pointing people to Jesus. Let's watch this quick video.
1: Remember I told you how that we believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, gifts, some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like a word of knowledge, that you know something about someone without having ever met the person before. Um. Debbie and I were sitting in a a restaurant one time. This couple walked in, and he was just huge. A muscle, a bodybuilder, obviously. Huge. And as soon as he walked in, I knew something. Just like that. And she even said, "You, you got a word, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. So we prayed. Lord, let him receive it. And I remember saying, Lord, give me a a way to start the conversation, you know? Because you don't want to just walk over and say, thus saith the Lord, you know, or something. (laughs) So so I walked over and I said, hey, uh, I I don't want to uh, bother y'all or, you know, disturb you or something. I said, I just just have a question for you. And he said, okay. I said, have you ever worked out? (laughs) And of course he laughed and, he said, hey, so, you know what I do now, because I talk to a lot of, sometimes, guys that are, that really have these huge, you know, bodies, and I, uh, and I'll just, because I just like to start conversations and see where they go, but I, I I'll say to him now, I've got a great opening line, I say, you know, if you followed my workout routine, you could have a body like this. <laughs> so, anyway, I said to him, I said, um, well, and they laughed, kind of broke the ice. And I said, I don't want to bother you, I said, but. When you walked in, I know this sounds strange, but I feel like the Lord spoke something to me that I'm supposed to share with you. And they looked at each other like a Mack truck had hit them. They just were like, I can't believe this. And he reached over and took his wife's hand. And I said, do you mind if I share it with you? He said, would you please sit down and share it with us because we're talking about some things about this right now. And so I sat down and I said to him, I saw a vision when you walked in today. I said, I saw a vision of a little boy who was sitting in his grandmother's lap. And he put his head down like that when I said that. And I said, and his grandmother had a Bible in her lap. And she... Told the boy about Samson. And she said, If you'll give your life to God, He'll make you as strong as Samson. Do you know what I found out later? He was a former Mr. Universe. I said, She told you if you'll give your life to God, He'd make you as strong as Samson. And you gave your life to God right there sitting in your grandmother's lap. He looked back up at me, and I said, but the Lord told me to tell you that he's kept up his end of the deal, but you haven't kept up your end of the deal. Now, you better know you hear God when you tell Mr. Universe that. <laughs> he put his two fingers in his thumb like that, and he started weeping at the table. His wife started crying. And he said to me, I was raised by my mom. She was a single mom. So my grandmother kept me a lot growing up. And he said, one day I was walking home and these boys threw rocks at me and one hit me in the head and started bleeding. He said, when I got home, my grandmother took care of me and he said she got her Bible and she read the story of Samson to me. She told me if I'd live for God, he'd make me as strong as Samson. And I made a commitment that day to do it. And he said, I told my wife that story for the first time on the way to the restaurant today. And I led both of them back to the Lord right there at that table.
0: Listen, I believe that this can happen to any of us. At any point, any place, any time. But what I wanted to point out is notice that the gift that manifested or the manifestation of the spirit in that moment, what did it do? It pointed those people to Jesus. Now, I don't know if where he was, if he invited them to his church. I, You know, it wasn't, I don't know the full story. But I feel like he probably just told a joke As corny as mine usually are, and they just left because he wasn't trying to build a platform for himself. The gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit, are to point people to Jesus. All right, now back to what the gift of healing is. Anyone with even casual familiarity with the Gospels knows that Jesus was always healing people, everywhere he went, people were healed. We often assume that Jesus performed these healings because he was God in human form, and he was. But remember, we talked about this in previous messages, we have no record of Jesus ever healing anyone before the Holy Spirit descended and remained on him, which we read in John 1, 32 to 33. It's actually in all Gospels, but John specifically uses the words, the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. Is it possible that Jesus was constantly healing the sick, opening blind eyes, cleansing lepers, because he was consistently endued with the gifts of faith, healing, and miracles? Jesus certainly operated in the gift of healing. That's undeniable. The disciples also operated in this gift. Let's look at Acts chapter 3, a pretty famous passage of Scripture. Beginning in verse 1, Acts 3.1, it says, One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Look, this is clearly an example of the gift of healing manifesting. Now, I don't have time to camp out on all of the supporting passages as we go through these. But I wanted to point out something that kind of jumped off the page at me when I was studying. And I want to take just a quick detour and we're going to get back to the manifestations. This passage says that the man was carried every day to a gate called Beautiful. The word beautiful comes from a root word card called hurrah. And it refers to a season of time. And I had four definitions that came through that study. One was a certain or definite time or season fixed by natural law and returning with the revolving year. It's like calendar type time. The seasons of the year. Number two, the seasons of the year. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Number three. The daytime, bound by the rising and the setting of the sun. And the fourth one was the twelfth part of the day. 12 p.m., 12 a.m. And what does this have to do with anything? Because I feel like there are probably people in the room, it's just like you've been laying at the gate called beautiful every day, crying out for your miracle, asking God when he's going to come through. And it often feels like he's not. And I know at this point it could be we could get real preachy and it could get real exciting. Oh, this is your season. And I feel like your season is shifting. It's a new season. You're coming into a season of blessing. You're coming into a season of favor. Everything your hand touches is going to be everywhere. your foot. We could get all jacked up and cranked up. And while that may be true, what I want to encourage you with is this. Keep going to the gate, because if the man had given up, if the man had stopped going to the gate, then his season would have never come. I don't know when your season is coming. I don't know if it's going to be 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. I don't know if it's coming in the spring or the summer or the fall or the winter. I'm just telling you that it's coming. Paul said in Galatians, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. Keep going to the gate and your season will come. All right, back to the gifts, manifestations of the Spirit. Let's talk briefly about the working of miracles. And then, I know we spent a lot of time singing today already, but um, uh, we're just going to sing at the end of this and just invite the presence of the Lord to come into the room again. and Not that He's went anywhere, but just invite Him into our lives and seek Him. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to manifest His gifts. We're going to ask Him to manifest healing and miracles and gift of faith. All right, so working in miracles is divine intervention that alters circumstances. Divine intervention that alters circumstances. All right, I'm going to give you a real time example of a need for the working in miracles. Remember again, divine intervention that alters circumstances. Look, everyday church needs a miracle regarding our future location. Like We know that offers are, have been placed, are being placed. Some offers have been accepted and things didn't go through. All that's been happening while we've been still been meeting here. We need divine intervention that would alter our circumstances, whatever that looks like. And we, we've been looking at every scenario that you could think of. Maybe some you wouldn't think of. But we need a divine intervention that would alter our circumstance. And we see the work in the miracles all throughout Scripture. We see it a lot in the Old Testament. And you might say, hey, wait a minute. That's before the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. That's correct. We've talked about this already, but the Holy Spirit has always been and is always at work. Remember, the Holy Spirit would empower certain people for certain seasons or tasks, but not until Jesus in John 1, 32 and 33 did the Holy Spirit descend and remain on anyone. And then again, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit descended and remained on that, on that day, which was the day of Pentecost. This time, using the Apostle Peter's words, it was for all of us and all who were afar off. In Joshua chapter 10, the children of Israel were fighting their enemies, the Amorites. And Joshua asked the Lord for the sun and the moon to stand still. And so for almost an entire day, the sun didn't move until the battle was over. That's the working of miracles. We read in 2 Kings chapter 4, the story of the widow Her husband had left her in debt, and her two sons were about to be taken as slaves to pay off the debt. Elisha asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, just a little bit of oil. And the prophet told her to go borrow as many containers as she could possibly borrow. And then he instructed her to pour what little oil she had into these containers. And the oil never stopped flowing until all of the containers were full, and there was so much that she was able to sell it and pay off all of the debts of her husband. These are two clear examples of the working of miracles. It was divine intervention that altered circumstances. When Jesus fed the 5,000 in the New Testament with five loaves of bread and two fish, that was the working of miracles. It was divine intervention that altered circumstances. And let me give you a personal example of this. Almost all of my adult life, I've been in vocational ministry, meaning that I've almost always worked at a church. That's been my job. But from 2011 to 2013, I worked in the marketplace. It was a, I was a couple years removed from my divorce, but I was very unhealthy emotionally and spiritually. I could barely lead myself, let alone lead anyone else. And during that two-year period, I took a job as an insurance agent. I wasn't making a lot of money as a youth pastor before that, but I was making significantly less as a commission-only insurance agent. And during that time, my life was falling apart financially. I was behind on every payment that I had. I was about to lose my car. Like just worst case scenario, whatever you think of, that's that's it. That's where I was. Now, during during that time, as I was doing commission only, I took a job soon after that to uh, an all-state agency, which paid by the hour. And I got the licenses to sell home and auto. I already had life and health and all of that kind of stuff. So a few weeks in, a couple weeks in, I wasn't really, I was like, this is not going to work for me. I'm not making enough money. I had another job offer, had another place. I paid more. The commission was higher, but the hours were in the evening time and on the weekends. So I went to the office manager and I just told her, I was like, I'm going to have to resign. I just, I'm just not, it's not possible for me to make enough money here. And so she, she went and told the owner and he called me into his office to have a meeting. And it was a meaningful conversation. And he says, look, I don't want you to have to take this other job. He says, you need to be off on the nights and the weekends so you can spend time with your kids, so you can keep coaching baseball and basketball and all the things that you do with your son and, and hanging out with your daughter and such. And so right there on the spot, he gave me a dollar an hour raise. And then he promised me commission on products that I didn't even have to sell. There were other people selling in the, in the, in the office all I had to do was call people and make contact and then pass the people to them. And when they sold it, I got the commission. And then he wrote me a check for $1,500 to get my car paid up to date so I wouldn't lose it. He said, I want you to go to my bank and I want you to cash this check right now and get everything paid up. Now, look, I know that $1,500 isn't necessarily a lot of money. It's certainly not an extreme amount of money. But when you have nothing, you're about to lose everything, it might as well have been $100,000. I felt like I was on an episode of Undercover Boss. Like I'm sitting there, I'm crying. He probably thinks I'm an idiot, right? Katie was away at a women's event. She was standing in the food court line. We were engaged yet, but not married. I sent her, I went, I cashed a check and I had, you know, $1,500, $100 bills. I took a picture of it and she's like, what did, you know, did you rob a bank? What just happened? (laughs) I was like, make it rain. And it was just, so she's crying. People want to know what's going on. And what really happened is this was a gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a work and a miracle's was something that altered my circumstance and this might mess with your theology a, le- a little bit because i don't even think my boss was a christ follower so how's that even possible because the holy spirit inside of me knew what i needed and he manifests the gifts as gifts as he wills not as we will even if the miracle has to come through someone who doesn't even know christ yet i think too often we associate the gifts of the spirit with the one seen manifested in a church service or a corporate gathering And I think we're drastically underestimating the power of the Holy Spirit. I think he's always working. But we like to contain him in this little church box. But don't discount the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to use you to manifest his gifts into culture. He wants us to be everyday people doing extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are not reserved for some group of religious elite people. I mean, I believe the Holy Spirit is here and among us right now. He wants to make himself known. He wants to bring healings to people in their spirit, soul, and body. He wants to reveal things that have been covered up for a long time so that Jesus can begin begin to bring healing to those places in our lives. He wants to do the miraculous, to bring divine intervention, to alter your circumstances. He wants special faith to come alive in our hearts when we're facing something and we don't know how we're going to make it. You might say, Look, I prayed about this situation a hundred or hundreds of times. Keep going to the gate called beautiful. Keep going until your season changes. I can't promise it's going to change today. But Paul said if you keep going and don't give up, your season will come. Ask and keep asking knock and keep knocking seek and keep seeking and you remember we've referenced this verse of scripture multiple weeks because it comes from Luke chapter 11 where Jesus was saying he was talking about prayer he was talking about asking the father for the holy spirit how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit when we ask if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children how much more will he I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're just going to sing another song here just a second before we close this out. In Luke chapter 23, if you're reading along with us on our Renew booklets or our soap journals, is anybody still soaping? About a few weeks ago, we read through the Luke. Luke chapter 23, verse 8. This is the trial of Jesus before he's crucified. Pilate dismisses him and they take Jesus to Herod, King Herod. And in Luke 23, verse 8, it says this. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From when he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign sign of some sort. And he piled him with many questions, plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. When I read that, it just was like a punch in the gut to me. It was a reminder that we are to not, not to seek the sign and the wonder above the master. Amen. Herod had the presence of Jesus. And he said, show me a sign. Oh, I've heard about all the miraculous things you can do. Show me. But isn't that what we do in our Christian culture and in our charismatic churches I don't know I've referenced this a lot throughout this passage. The old song says, I seek the giver, not the gift. And I'm certainly guilty of wanting the gift more than the giver. But I want everyday church to be a church full of people who are pursuing the giver and not just the gift. Amen. Understanding that as a relationship grows, gifts also grow. But if the pursuit of the gift is above the pursuit of the giver, we're missing it. I want us to you can begin to play. I want us to take a moment as we close this service out and just worship the giver. And I believe that as we do, his presence will begin to fill the room as it already has. I believe he's still here. It's not like he just, again, it's not like he left the building, but there have been moments in the in the service today that the, the presence of the Lord was tangible. You could feel him in the room. So I just want to take a couple moments and just love on Jesus. And if He chooses then, because it's as He wills, if He chooses then to manifest His gifts, so be it. And in a moment, we're just going to pray. And maybe you're facing a a very difficult situation. And regardless of whether a manifestation of the Spirit shows up as listed in 1 Corinthians 12, we have the Word of God that says that He will meet your need. We have the word of God that says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's great when the gifts and the manifestations show up and something happens like that. But even when they don't, we have his word to go to him and say, God, this is what you said in your word. Would you stand on your feet? It's a real simple song. It just says, I give you all my worship. I give you all my worship. And I just wanted to take a couple moments and do that. Just give him our worship. Would you mind in this moment closing your eyes just for a second and just have a second just for you with the Lord. Just between you and him, quiet your heart, quiet your mind. is a good place to lift up your hands.
2: And I intentionally chose songs with just two or three lyrics so that we don't have to be focusing on reading a bunch of lyrics and a bunch of things. I want this to be a moment where our hearts and our souls we get to cry out to the living God and ask him to fill us.
0: Last week I read a scripture from 1 John. They said you have an um unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That word unction is anointed. The King James, the New King James says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Before Jesus began his ministry, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In our circles, you know, we have a little bottle of anointing oil and we will touch people with the forehead as, this has a representation of the Holy Spirit sometimes. Scripture tells us to get the oil and the anoint people. But the scriptural, when John said you have an unction, you have an anointing for the Holy One, that word anointing talks about, it means to be speared. And in the Old Testament being anointed was, was a pouring of the oil over top of us. And we've, we've taken these moments at the altar and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. and We'll probably continue to do that. I'm not going to be pouring oil on anyone unless you wanted it and the Lord said to do it. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird, I guess. We'll continue to do what we're doing. I don't think it's out of bounds. But what I'm saying is when we begin to pursue and we say, God, I need an anointing or I need a fresh oil. David then he said, anoint me with fresh oil. That's a moment for us to pursue God and allow him to just smear us and cover us and pour out his spirit upon us. And that's what this moment is about with simple lyrics and simple words. When we begin to lift our hands and lift voice, and I'm going to give you language to say if you don't know what to say, you're like, I'm uncomfortable in this. You can just ask the Lord to give you fresh oil. You can ask the Lord to anoint you once again. You can ask the Lord to just wash over you with his presence and to touch you in a way like he never has before. Because
2: my soul cries out and say, my soul
0: uncomfortable so for me a little bit come on this is a perfect place to lift up your voice
2: come on get out of your comfort zone this morning take a step take a step out of where you would normally be
0: stretch yourself a little bit sometimes to get something you never got you got to do something you never done maybe this is your moment is to lift your voice quietly there at your scene and you begin to really the father out loud with your with your own words we
2: worship you, we worship you. And we're hungry for more of you. And we're thirsty for more of you. We're asking you to fill us, God. fill me up, God.
1: Feel me up, God. Feel me up. Fill me up, God. fill me up, God. Fill me, up, God. Fill me, up, God. Fill me up, God. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.